You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. There is nothing in the Word of God that is wasted. Nothing. And you may think that going through these things is somewhat boring, and it may very well be. But the importance of it, it's God's design, God's plan, God's plan. And there was only one, one main goal of God's plan. And that was to get Jesus Christ born into the world. In today's message, Pastor Dave will explain that there is a reason God promised and provided for His Word to remain intact over the centuries. It contains life for mankind. It foretold the coming of Jesus in abstract as well as direct terms. And to this day, it leads the lost and broken towards redemption in Him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of First Chronicles chapter 1 as he continues his message, All the Nations of the World. The writer goes all the way back to Genesis 1, 26a. Genesis 1, you don't have to turn there. I'll figure it out one of these days. I didn't, I didn't mark it. Don't ask me why. And God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the flesh of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all things, and over creepy things that creeps the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So Adam is the first we see. The writer goes all the way back. Adam, the father of all humans. And then starting with Adam, he starts to move forward. And we have Seth. Wait a minute. Wait wait a minute. They're missing somebody. Yeah. They're not there, are they? Well, Abel's dead. And Cain was cursed, wasn't he? Cain was cursed and sent way away. And Scripture says that Eve gave birth to another son and named him Seth. So there we are. We have Seth. Then we have Enosh. Then we have Canaan, then we have Mahaliel, we have Jared, we have Enoch. Enoch walked with God and was not. He was translated up into heaven. He was taken. Then we have Methuselah. Some say he was the oldest man ever, Methuselah. Well, you're as old as Methuselah. Then we have Lamech. Then we have Noah. Then we have Noah. What's really interesting here. If you take the literal meaning of the first 10 names in the Bible, those first names I just read, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahaliel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. If you take their literal meaning, you come up with the gospel. You come up with the gospel. Literal meaning of Adam is man. Literal meaning of Seth, appointed. Enosh, subject to death. Canaan, sorrowful. Mahaliel, from the presence of God. Jared, one comes down. 
Enoch, dedicated. Methuselah, dying he shall send. Lamech, to the poor brought very low. Noah, comfort or rest. Put them all together in one sentence, and you have man appointed subject to death, sorrowful. From the presence of God, one comes down dedicated, dying, he shall send to the poor, brought very low, comfort or rest. And those ten names give you the gospel of Jesus Christ. It gives you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that's fascinating. I find that to be extremely fascinating. I like that. Little tidbits. Don't You can pay me later. Don't, you know. No extra charge for these little tidbits. No extra charge. Make sure everybody gets one. Beginning in verse 1, 4, chapter 1, 4a, and continuing all the way to verse 27b, we go from Noah to Abram or Abraham, and we see what they call the table of nations. The table of nations. And you want to get a good look at the table of nations, you got to go down the hallway and you got to spend some time at the monster chart down there. I guarantee if you get down there and stop once, you might take a while to get away because it's incredibly fascinating as you look at this table of nations. So we start with the ones who, from whom the table of nations came. Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. In the names of these sons and their sons, you can find the inhabitants of the entire world. Each nation is represented. He says, and he gives the names of the son, the descendants. He starts with Japheth, who was one of Noah's sons. And then it is interesting as you watch it, and it takes off, and it gives you a few descendants of Japheth. And then all of a sudden, Japheth is gone. And then he gives you a few descendants of Ham. But then Ham's gone. But then it centers on the one. It centers on the descendants of Seth. It descendants is on the seventh, who, who was a, a son of Ham, excuse me, uh, Shem, because the descendants come to Abraham. They go all the way to Abraham. And you could read it. You have the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. And then they take each person and gives names to each. The sons of Gomer, the sons of Javan, the sons of Ham, the sons of Cush. And you can so on and so on and so on. And you get all the way down to Abraham. And that's the genealogy really that scripture is interested in. It's interested in Abraham. It's interested in Abraham. Give me Two places in the New Testament where the genealogies are listed. Beginning. Matthew 1, Luke 3. Matthew and Luke both give the genealogies. They give the genealogies there. Okay? And so we see this. And we see that the sons of Japheth, and we need the name of his sons, and we find out that this is where the Europeans came from. The Europeans came from them. The Russians, you have, look, you have some names that are familiar. Magog. Now, where are we, where are we going to hear about Magog again? Ezekiel 38 and 39. Yeah, of course. Okay. Madai, Juven, Tubal. These are names of, of European places. Gomer, and then so forth. You have these north and west descendants of Japheth. Javan came to Greek or Greece. Gomer to the ancient cities of the Crimeans and to the Russian plains. Madai, was the Medes and the Persians of Iran. Tubal and Meshach came to the inhabitants of the Turkish Plateau, Kittim and Rodanium. These are the respective the islands of Cyprus and Rhodes. So every nation 
under God is right here as they move forward. And as we read the descendants of Ham, beginning in verse 8, we realize that they're the ones who went down from Israel into the African continent. They established the African continent and they populated that area down there. Cush, a poor, Cush, apparently his family is divided into two branches early. Some founded Babylon, notably Nimrod, and others founded Ethiopia. There's another way that the Bible refers to Egypt as Ethiopia. Put refers to Libya, the region of North Africa is west of Egypt. Canaan refers to the peoples who originally settled in the land that they think of as Israel and its surroundings. You can see the names there. You can go through them. In verse 10, there's an interesting gentleman there. Verse 10 is an interesting gentleman. Cush begat Nimrod. I hope none of you have ever been called a Nimrod. <laughs> it says, he, became, he began to be a mighty one of the earth. If you want to do a really cool study, study what Nimrod's about. That is really a cool Cool study. He's the great-grandson of Noah. He's described as the first mighty man to appear on the earth after the flood. Previously, there were giants and mighty men on the earth. So after where you have this now, and from the text, he might have been a large guy. He might have been average, more, more average than usual. He might have been considered a giant. We don't know. He calls him, the Bible calls him a mighty hunter before the Lord in Genesis. He establishes the kingdom of Babel, Erech, Akkad, and the land of Shinar. And he extends the kingdom into Assyria, where he built Nineveh. You heard of Nineveh before. Who went to Nineveh? Jonah, Rehoboth, etc. He was a skilled man and an ambitious leader. And besides, one of the things to his credit was what? Will you tell me? The Tower of Babel. He was the head honcho who made who got the Tower of Babel going. Infamous Tower of Babel. He was a mighty man, had physical strength, giant stature. Probably why people followed him. He was the leader of the kingdom of Babel. He's connected with the Tower of Babel. And according to Josephus, Nimrod said that he would be revenged on God if he should have a mind to down, drown the world again, for that he would build a tower too high for the waters to reach. That's what Nimrod wanted to do. And that he would avenge himself on God for destroying the forefathers. That came out of Antiquities of the Jews in Book four, chapter, book 1, Chapter 4. The motive, according to Josephus, for building the Tower of Babel was to protect humanity against another flood. But for this reason, the first flood was humanity's wickedness and rebellion, and from which humanity refused to repent. Nimrod was rebellious against God. He was rebellious against God, and he refused to repent. How did the Tower of Babel end? Yeah, God put it down. It fell down. It fell down. God tore it down. He tore it down. I like what also says in there, he said, if man does that, there's no thing, no something the man can't do if they put their mind to it. It says that in the scripture. That's kind of spooky. So Nimrod was proved wrong. All of man's strength and ability, even the strength of the mightiest man, is a gift of God that God can choose to rebuke and revoke at any time. He was a charismatic guy, 
He, that's some pretty cool things about Nimrod. You should take some time and read it up. Anybody know when Nimrod's birthday was? You don't know? You celebrate it every 25th of December. His birthday was December 25th. And to celebrate his birthday, they got a tree and they used to put balls and things on it. Yeah. Yeah. Study Nimrod. He's a pretty cool, he's from really interesting stuff, especially his mom and things. So we come now to Shem, and Shem is the children of Israel. Shem is the father of the children of Israel and all those towards the east of Israel, the sons of Shem. The sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, Arkfaxed, Lud, Aram, Uz. Anybody know anybody from Uz? He was from the Earl of the Chaldees, wasn't he? How about Uz? Anybody know anybody from Uz? Job, 1-1. Hull, Gether, Meshach. Arkfad begot Shelah, and Shelah begot Erber. Does anybody, everybody see the name Erber there? That is where the Hebrews came from. Erber is the name where they got Hebrews from. Erber. Right. Which means wonder for sure. Uz became a region of Arabia, and it was named after this son of Aram. Job came from the land of Uz. Some think that Job bad is another name for Job in here, but we're not 100% sure. Their names are different in Hebrew. So we have the sons of Shem, the ones who enabled the Middle East, and look at verse 19. Verse 19, always, always. Erber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in the days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Earth was divided. What do you think they mean by that? Well, there's two, there's two notions that they think. There's two notions that, you know, these are just notions. They really don't know. You know, so we can't be dogmatic about that and say, this is what happened, you know. But I'll throw this out there. It could mean the division after the fall of the Tower of Babel, when the nations were dispersed and they went to each part of the world. It could also mean after that crazy time on Earth when the Continentals decided to split called the Continental Drift. Remember, everybody heard of that? When the nations, pardon? Yeah, the tectonic plates and everything spread out and became close to what we know today. So, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Again, we can't be dogmatic about it. We can't, we can't say that. In verse 20, no, wait a minute, 1 to 27, where are we? Here we go. We have Jokin begot Amaldad, Shepheth, Hazmathreth, Jerah, Hadorim, Uzel, Dikla, Ebal, Abimel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. These are the sons of Jochim. Shem, Arphaxed, Selah, Eber, Peleg, Ru, Sergud. Here's some names you should recognize. Nahor, Terah, and Abram, who is Abraham. Ham. So we've gotten that far. You see that? Trace the line from Shem to Abraham. 
No longer going to worry about Ham and Jephthah. We're not going to worry about them. Now the line is just for Shem. Just why? Because it points to Jesus Christ. It points to Jesus Christ. Genealogy record changes from that of world population now to a specific family where Adam is the father of all flesh. Abraham becomes the father of faith. Becomes the father of faith. Abraham becomes the father of faith. Father of faith. And it's interesting here. In verse 28, the sons of Abraham were Isaac and Ishmael. Now, Isaac is listed first, but Ishmael is there. Now, we're going through what's happening here. These are the genealogies. The firstborn is Ishmael. I'm kind of surprised here, but that's what it says. And how many sons did Ishmael have? Twelve. Interesting, don't you think? Very interesting. Very interesting that Ishmael had twelve sons. Remember the promise that God made Hagar? That her son would be a father of what? Many nations? There it is right here. Many nations. Their father is Abraham. But they're not heirs to the promise. They are not heirs to the promise of God because of the flesh of Ishmael. Ishmael. Fathers of the Jew, the Arabs. Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. You can see all the names there. And then in between Ishmael is an interesting thing. You have now the sons born to Keturah. For those of you who don't know, Abraham had a concubine named Keturah. And she had children also. And those are the names that are listed there. You might recognize some. Zimram, Josham, Medin, Median. Median will come up, right? You know Median. Ishbak, Shua, the sons of Jokshan were Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephor, Hanak, Abida, and Eldeh. And all these were the children of Keturah. 34. And Abraham begot Isaac. The sons of Isaac were two. Esau and Israel, whose real name was Jacob. Heel catcher, subplanner. Nasty guy. Took away the birthright, got the blessing. The sons of Esau, Eliphaz, Ruel, Jewesh, Jamal, Jalem, and Korah. The son of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar. It goes on and on and on. The sons of Sair, Lothan, Shobah. It goes on and on. The sons of Lothan. It just keeps going on, moving on down the pike. Until we get to 43, it talks about the kings. The kings who were there in the land when they came in. It seems that the kings of Eden came into power before the kings of Israel. And this guy wanted to let them know that it was God who came in and helped them out. And you have God's timing, God's wisdom, which helps those things to move forward. Helps those to move forward in thing. And you have all those right to the rest of the chapter. All those kings that were there who were defeated. Look at the beginning of chapter 2. The beginning of chapter 2. These were the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishkachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Natali, Gad, and Asher. Sons of 
Israel, sons of Jacob, who will form the 12 tribes of Israel. They form the 12 tribes of Israel. So all these things, so all these things, and you can see, I don't know about you, but I can see God everywhere in these, this chapter. Everywhere. Calling out of Adam, hiding in his shame. Blessing the earth of Seth, providing a son to replace the murder and the other murderer. We see God walking with Enoch, God calling Noah and shutting the door of the ark. We see God speaking to the sons of Noah and making his covenant with them. We see God as the most high, dividing an inheritance to all the nations. And we see God dividing the earth at either the Tower of Babel in the days of Peleg. And we see God choosing a Babylonian formal idol worship by the name of Abraham. So you look deep into these names and they become more than names. They become so much more than names. They, they take on a likeness of their own. We see God stopping Abraham from killing his son Isaac when God told him to. And we see God orchestrating the choice of Israel over his brother Esau. And despite all the fleshly efforts of man to do otherwise. And, but God continued to bless Esau and his descendants just as he promised to do. He blessed Ishmael and his descendants just as he promised to do. I, I see a wonderful, loving, living God who created all this, and this is nothing, nothing out of the ordinary for him. It's all in his line. It's all specific of him. And I think it's important. I think we would be, we would be remiss if we didn't look at these things and realize how important they are to us as Christians. To us as Christians. Yes, it's the history of the nation Israel. But I remember a time when we were called Judeo-Christians. There is nothing in the word of God that is wasted. Nothing. And you may think that going through these things is somewhat boring. And it may very well be. But the importance of it, it's God's design, God's plan, God's plan. And there was only one, one main goal of God's plan. And that was to get Jesus Christ born into the world. At the end of all this, you can go to Matthew and you can go to Luke. At the end, you have Joseph and Mary. And you have Jesus. So there's a purpose in these genealogies. And yeah, they drive you crazy because some of the names are like, what? Where'd they get that name? <laughs> Did they really want to name their kid Jamal Biela? Well, come on. Abinadad, the homie mackerel. But it's cool. So we're going to pick up some steam and we're going to go through them. And um, you, know, as you see, I'm not going to read every one of them. I'm not going to read every one of them. But it's good for you to look at them and, and read them on your own and study them and, and see the kind of things they're going on. There's a lot of information in there that you could do years and years and years and years of study on each name. I mean, there's so much in there. Take a trip down the hallway and study the table of nations and follow them down and you'll find where you came from. Follow them down and you'll see the different parts and the different things. In 1 Chronicles 28, we see David commissioning his son, Solomon, to build the house of the Lord. God had chosen Solomon for this work. In verse 20, David said to Solomon, Be strong and courageous and do it, and do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. 
He will not leave or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Anytime we begin a work for the Lord, the enemy is looking to make us afraid or dismayed and discouraged. David knew Solomon would face obstacles, but he encouraged him with the truth that God is with him. And when you face obstacles, fear, and discouragement, God is with you too. We're so glad you decided to join us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dave on A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave is working through the book of First Chronicles, a book that is rich with stories of faith and courage. This is a series you won't want to miss. If you'd like to hear today's message again, or if you missed it and want to go back to it, head over to AssureHopeRadio.com. Once again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll find today's message and many others to encourage you along the way. If you find yourself in Cape May, New Jersey, stop in and see us. All the information you need is on our website. We'd love to meet you and spend more time learning together. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We loved spending time with you. See you next time for more on A Sure Hope.